Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who have not had a reason or occasion to visit St. John's Day School recently, you should know there's a new energy there. Many things are going on. Plans for organic gardens, archery clubs, a renewed commitment to academic excellence and to worship, as well as a renewed interest in community service. One of the things that's been going on at the school has interested me personally, or rather, has got me to thinking back on my own childhood, and that's the newly formed Cub Scout troop. Growing up, I remember going through the different stages, tiger cub, wolf, bear, and weebelows. I remember going to the different mothers and fathers' houses where we learned how to be good citizens, where we acquired new skills and were formed into gentlemen. And then I remember going on to Boy Scouts as a teenager. So while I've been giving, given to reminiscing about my time in scouting these last few weeks, the significance and the meaning of the baptism of our Lord has gotten me to thinking about one particular event as a scout. Mr. Jim Hamilton, God rest his soul, transformed Troop 3, St. Paul's Meridian, into an explorer scout troop, meaning we had to take one weekend adventure a month and then an extended adventure each summer. Now one such adventure took Troop 3 to private land in northeast Alabama. Took us to a giant sinkhole in the middle of the woods at the end of a long single track path that lied at the end of a long dirt road. Standing on the edge of the sinkhole, it was overwhelming and to make matters worse, we rappelled down into the mouth of this giant sink. Then we donned headlamps and walked headlong into the belly of the earth. And there we spent four full days and nights. We were like miners or dwarves from the pages of Tolkien. We crawled and stooped further and further into the deep roots of the world. It was a darkness I had not known before. Complete darkness, total darkness, a darkness that made you lose sense of up and down and right and left, a darkness that took with it a sense of time, a darkness that took with it perception and all sense that you understood anything. And in the belly of the earth we stayed with only headlamps and glow sticks to guide us only able to see just what lie ahead in the dim and weak light. Now being in this cave for several days had a very lasting effect on my younger self. A whole new reality opened up to me, one of terror. Lying in the cave trying to sleep and it was darker than dark. The only smell, moist earth. It causes a young person to think about terrible things they might have never thought of before. I remember thinking to myself, I wonder if this is what it is like to be dead. Darkness, musty, dank earth, dampness, cold. 
literally the weight of the world just above you, bearing down on you, closed in and disoriented. It was a helpless feeling. There was no door to open and step out of. There was no button to turn on to make everything normal. There was no stop button where you could get off the ride. There was nothing but darkness and a long, long trudge back to light. And I remember very well also coming out of the cave after four days and four nights, my eyes having to adjust to sunlight. I remember the first smells, the smell of the forest, fresh, clean, wonderful. I remember the greenness of the leaves and the whites and the yellows and the golds and the reds and the blues of the wildflowers, how the sunlight bathed and nourished everything. Spending four days buried underneath the earth made everything so alive and so vivid when we arose from the sinkhole. I'd never noticed how beautiful and magnificent creation was before. I'd never noticed the splendor and effervescence I had been in the midst of my whole life. Throughout my life, I think back on my four days in darkness of how it seemed impossible, improbable, hopeless, of how being in the dark made anything and everything impossible, of how being in the dark made life, made me seem so small and insignificant. Beloved, we gather here this morning and celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is a piece or a part of the church's celebration of the season called Epiphany. The epiphany, from the Greek word epiphania, literally means a showing forth, a shining forth. And outside of Christmas and Easter, epiphany is one of the oldest Christian feasts or seasons. Epiphany incorporates three different shining forths, showing forths. The visit of the wise men, which we celebrated last Sunday. The baptism of Jesus this Sunday. And next Sunday, Jesus' first miracle at the wedding in Cana turning water to wine. All of these events manifest or make known, show forth and make public Jesus as Son of God, as Messiah. And as there is with every season in the church, there's music that comes along with those seasons. And one of my more favorite pieces of music during this season is from Isaiah's 60th chapter, commonly called, if, if you can call it commonly, the Serge Illuminare. Isaiah wrote this hymn to be sung in thanksgiving for the Messiah's coming, for his manifestation, for his epiphany. Isaiah writes, Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has dawned upon you. For behold, darkness covers the land, deep gloom enshrouds the peoples. But over you the Lord will rise, and his glory will appear upon you. Now, when I hear these words sung or when we pray it together in the daily offices of the church my mind goes back to that feeling of walking out of that dark cold cave and feeling sun on my face seeing again anew for the first time the glory of the Lord appearing over and upon me these dark weeks of the year are given to just that 
embracing the light of Jesus that has come into the world, celebrating, rejoicing in the fact that we no longer sit in darkness, that the glory of the Lord has dawned upon us in the words of Isaiah, that God has indeed come into this dark and broken and cold world and his light gives us life. Now at its heart, what we celebrate today, the feast of the baptism of our Lord is a foreshadowing, if you will, of his crucifixion, of his death and ultimately his resurrection. When Christ died for us, he destroyed the gates of hell, of Hades. He set the captives free. He destroyed death itself before rising triumphantly from the grave. And our blessing of baptismal water affirms this in our Book of Common Prayer. The prayer goes, we thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it we are buried with Christ in his death. By it we share in his resurrection. Through it we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. So in Christ's going down into the waters, he destroys darkness and death. And by his rising again from the waters of the river Jordan, he brings life and light to the world. It's a wonderful feast. And while it may seem impossible, or at least not reasonable, I propose a thesis this morning that a person can be in complete darkness even when not in a cave. Whereas I walked willingly, or somewhat willingly, into a giant sinkhole, into a, a material darkness, a person can also slide unknowingly into the sink and into a spiritual one, a much more deadly one. Slowly, gradually, almost without perception, we can slide into darkness. We can lose our way. An argument, a bit of jealousy, envy, bitterness, selfishness, a lustful eye, and the sunlight fades. As the light fades, Perhaps we begin to lose our way. Perhaps we begin to lose the ability to see in this world. Colors fade. The crisp, clean smells of God's creation, of forest and dale, give way to cold damp. God's reality, the truth of God, fades from us because we can't see farther than our own noses. From there, it gets harder to make our way. We begin to stumble and fall. The space around us getting smaller and smaller, tighter and tighter, until if all the light in us fades, we sit in darkness, a dark that is beyond dark. And all of that without even going into a cave. Beloved in the Lord, this morning, let us give thanks this day for the showing forth of God in Jesus Christ. Let us give thanks that the glory of the Lord shines about and upon us all. And let us never forget that without the light of God, we will certainly lose our way and our sight. Let us not forget that the light that gives light and life to this world comes not from ourselves, but from Jesus Christ. So let us commit to praying without ceasing that we may be given that light. Let us pray without ceasing, like Isaiah, that the light emanates from us, not only feeding our souls, but giving light and life to those around us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.